This is Let Your Voice Be Heard, right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Good morning. I've been drinking water and some Hennessy. I feel like a rock star. What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, the voice of... Harlem? No. The voice of Wakanda. Is that a voice of you have a comb in your in your chin right now? Listen, you have a comb in your beard right respect now. Respect my agency, guys. <laughs> that, that is not a good look for, that for is, Facebook. That is a great look. Facebook Live, do you <laughs> like the comb in my beard? So, guys, welcome back to another great episode. I am happy to be back. As you know, I was gone last week because the Stanley has too much work tour continued. Um, you on workation? Oh, no, I was not. Not I, like Selena. Phoenix is not a workation. Selena's like, I'm on work. And then she's texting us and she's like, I met Samantha Power. I met this great in person. In Disney World. I get this person. Oh, and by the way, I'm in Disney World because I'm on workation. I met Susan Rice because I'm better than you. I know. Selena. Selena's like listening oh, right, to right. speeches it was by Beyonce's mother. Like, she's she's living it up right now. So in case you're confused about what we're talking about, guys, we are back for another great week. But we are missing Selena, who is currently at Workcation in Disneyland. (laughs) Why do we call it Workcation? Because how often do you get paid to be at Disneyland for a week? Yeah. And meet Susan Rice and Beyonce's mother. Yeah. Meanwhile, I was in Phoenix in 12-hour classes all day. Oh, good. Not fun, guys. But anyways, this is Stanley Fritz. Like I've said, if you love me and you miss me and you want to talk to me, you can follow me on Twitter at Stan Fritz. Hell, you can follow me on Snapchat at Darskin Swindle or even Instagram at Stan Fritz where I actually post a lot. On Facebook, I don't want to talk to you. I'm sorry, but it's Stanley Fritz. And I'm Alyssa Fuchs. Um, morning, everybody. I am your political and sometimes legal correspondent. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Alyssa Fuchs. That's Alyssa with an I. Or on Twitter at Alyssa Fuchs. And it's spelled I-L-Y-S-S-A-F-U-C-H-S. Don't get it confused. F-U too. And you can also, well, you know, people always say it's funny when I say it's I like ice cream because it's a double entendre. Like, uh, I like ice cream I and it. I like I ice cream. Yeah. Um, or you can Bars. leave a comment on. Bars. <laughs> I know. It's like I'm going to rhyme anaconda with manaconda. Um, <laughs> like. Somebody's going to come after me in the hip-hop yeah. community. Um, all right. and you Or you could leave a question or comment on Politically Preposterous, which is Facebook.com slash Politically Preposterous, or at Poll Preposterous on Twitter. We are broadcasting this program live on Facebook. Hi, everybody. If you like this program and you like the conversation, share the Facebook live stream with your friends so that more people can get involved in this conversation. If you like this program, it sounds like PBS. I like that. Um, <laughs> hi, I'm Jackie Cohen. Happy to be back this week. You can Go home. No, never. Home. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram at Jackie Cohen. I spell that J-A-Q-I-C-O-H-E-N. Go back to your borough. Hey, hey, Ooh. relax. Is that Calm like- down, Stanley. You're, you're being a little hysterical. And oh, oh, smile oh, oh, while oh, you're oh. at it. Smile. Yeah, smile, Stanley. <laughs> I am going to yell so loud. <laughs> well, we got a great show today i'm excited to get into it first we got the news roundup but then we're going to talk you want to tease what we're going <laughs> to discuss before ja- i do you, it you know jay money stacks we do have a big show coming up this week i'm really fired up to talk about the biggest story of the week no it's not the 75 things trump did from monday through wednesday <laughs> for once oh my god no actually we are talking about the, the i guess we'll call it the fiasco that has happened because of my friend and women's march co-president tamika mallory attending a nation of islam event all of a sudden, the super racist Jewish Offense League was offended, and a whole bunch of white people had their feathers ruffled. But, you know, maybe 
there are some people who actually had some viable grips yeah, against it. And, and we'll talk about and that. And we will talk about that. Because, you know, as someone who is Jewish and on the left, it was definitely um, not something I was super happy about. And, yeah, we'll talk about the JDL and um, their problematic statements and, th- you know, just their problematicness in general. Um, but there was, a you know, a lot of discussion between Jews on the left, Jews on the right, and, you know, what... but. Just everybody was talking about this this week about Tamika Mallory and if it was right of her to go and, you know, about her response to the criticism that she received this week. Um, and I'm, I'm really happy that we're having this conversation. I don't think there's anybody better to be having a conversation to react to this than the people in this room right here. So I am looking forward to that. No, yeah. I absolutely agree. I, I, you know, I don't want to jump the gun because I know we're going to get into it um, in just a moment. We have a lot of news stories we want to get to first. Um, but I will say, you know, yeah, it's sort of one of those issues where, you know, somebody's going to be offended no matter who says what. Mm-hmm. Like even when, for example, if not now, put out uh, their statement, which Jackie sent me last night and I had a chance to read this morning. I was like reading through some of the comments and I'll, I'll talk more about that later. But there was obviously people that were offended by that statement that right. they were putting out. Right. So, um, really? you know, yeah. So this is like one of those things where when you're talking about the politics of intersectionality, um, you know, somebody's always going to be mad Um, and somebody's always going to find a way to take offense. And obviously you need to find a way to sort of work together and to, you know, find a way to deal with those disagreements and work past them and work through them so that you can ultimately get to where you want to be, which is fighting against all types of impression. I guess we're showing our hand on this segment already. And if Selena was here, she'd had that uncomfortable smile she gives us. Too much. Instead, before we even get there, we have a lot of news to get through. So during the news roundup, get ready to hear about the sex in the city star who might be running for governor in New York. And also we'll be talking about Trump's tariffs. What did, I've been gone a week. What did he do? You know what? Don't tell me. I'm sure it's horrible. (laughs) Then of course, Florida's gun law passes. They're raising the age for gun ownership and giving teachers guns. What does that mean for me and Ms. Johnson, who I have in social studies tomorrow at 3 (laughs) o'clock? And, of course, any other thing that happened while I was gone all weekend not watching the news and being very mentally happy because I did not have to look at things. And, of course, if you have news to share or stories to tell, you can join us in the conversation all the time at 212-650-6903. Or you can tweet us at BeHeard underscore radio. And, of course, there is a Facebook Live where you can leave a comment. And if you leave something good, we'll read it. And if it's really bad, we'll just delete it or make people <laughs> didn't see it. <laughs> Cool. And on that note, guys, we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we'll be jumping into the news roundup, talk about some of these great stories that are going on in today's news cycle. Fine. Gucci gang. Oh, that's it. Low pump. Yeah. Gucci gang. Oh. Oh. Big head on the beat. Gucci gang. 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 Spread their rats on new chains. Hennessy with apple juice, I be rocking high. You can't hear the music because it's not on the mics. What up, radio station people? I am exhausted and want to pass out. Can you tell? We are back on no. Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem. I have had four and a half hours of sleep in the last 72 hours. I, I, I think Eric Clapton wrote a song on that. It goes, <laughs> dun, 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 cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> This is a a cocaine-free radio station, guys. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Jug-free Sunday. Exactly. If you are just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz. I'm here with Alyssa Fuchs and, of course, Jackie Cohen. Hi. And I say it like that because it's supposed to be theatrical. And listen, guys. (laughs) 
If you're listening on Ustream, we appreciate you, even though we can't see. If you're listening on Facebook Live, what's going on, beloveds? If you're listening on FM Frequency, hi, Miss Deborah. She hasn't called in I ages. know, I miss she her. She has to work during these hours yeah. now. How dare you get a job and take care of yourself? I know. You should be listening you. to us and well, possibly getting a job. What about thing. us? We need you, Miss Deborah, please. I know, right? Do you do you see, you ever see me miss a show because of work? No, <laughs> I am always here. And Sometimes I haven't, you probably should. And I like haven't today. missed like six weeks of shows because I had to work. Yeah, I have not but, done that. But guys, we are not here to talk about our work schedules or how tired or not tired some people are. Jackie looks really tired, like yeah, physically. You see in her face, yeah. she doesn't look good. Thank you. <laughs> Anyways, guys, we are here to talk about some news stories, and a lot has happened this week. I, for the for the record, was really off the grid a lot of the week, and I'm catching up on everything that's been happening. And what the hell? So apparently, <laughs> Donald Trump did something to steal. Can someone explain this to me? Yeah, uh, uh, I mean, he did something to steal and North Korea. So it's wait, like, wait, where steal do you the DC s- comic? Where do you want to? Where do you want to start? No, um, wait, I know do, nothing about comic books. What did he do to North Korea? I still haven't even seen Black Panther. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You've just lost your provisional Black Panther. <laughs> um, to be fair, I had the last movie I saw was Straight Outta Compton in the movie theater. So with, with us, us, with yeah. you guys, and that <laughs> like was like three a years while ago. ago. <laughs> I like never go to the movies. It's a thing. Um, but anyway, so. Steve Steel tariffs. Yes. So Donald Trump said that he's going to put tariffs on steel, mainly steel that's coming in from uh, countries like China and other places. Apparently, you know, not steel that comes from Canada, even though we get a lot of steel from Canada because he's going to exempt them due to the fact that they're trying to like renegotiate the NAFTA agreement. Um, So right now, like they're going to be exempt. And so there's like basically two main theories on this steel tariff. Um, There's the people who say that the steel tariffs are not good because even though they're going to help the steel injury, they are going to make the cost of goods uh, more expensive, like, for example, cars. And so people are going to buy less cars. And so that is going to um, be bad for the auto industry. Um, On the other hand, there are people saying that, you know, the steel industry is really flooded with cheap steel from other countries and that this will help uh, bring back U.S. steel production. So it really just depends on how you look at it. What's a steel tariff? I mean, it's it's a tax on steel that is imported from other countries. White people are weird. Just call it a tax then. What tariffs? <laughs> I yeah. mean, it's a tax. Yeah, uh, same thing. Yeah. Like, you know, so, uh, and just like any other tax um, and any other government inter- intervention in the economy and the n- notion of capitalism in general, there are winners and losers. So when you do a tax like this, there are going to be people that benefit from it and there are going to be people that do not because this, at the end of the day, is what capitalism is about. Mm-hmm. Winners and losers. And so some people, like Justin Amash, who's a very conservative Republican libertarian, say, why are we doing tariffs? There are winners and losers. And if you can't, you know, win in steel production, then you should go out of business because that's capitalism. So, you know, at least he's taking a consistent perspective. Will this raise any of my personal bills? And by the way, cars using metal or steel? Have you seen fiberglass? There's nothing metal about these cars these days. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of metal still used in cars. And will it affect you personally? I don't know. Um, but then again, you know, is this more about whether or not it affects you personally or more about, you know, how it affects the U.S. economy as a whole? Gotcha. Gotcha. So, guys, if you have comments, questions or want to share a news story, you can give us a call at 212-650-6903 or you can leave a comment because you can leave comments on Facebook Live or on Twitter. So Trump and North Korea, what what happened? Are we at war now? 
Um, <laughs> no, the opposite, apparently. Um, Wait, Donald, Donald Trump says he's going to sit down with King Jong-un. They're going to have a, a, a meeting, and they're going to sit on a couch, and they're going to pull down their pants and see who has the bigger penis. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's not what actually is going to happen. Oh, but, yeah. uh, you know, Jackie, yeah. you want to get in on this? Uh, no, because I have <laughs> also been in Stanley World this week, so yeah, I was so not. All right, so the Alyssa News Roundup. <laughs> yes, thank you. I'll talk about the gun restrictions when I um, get to that. So Donald Trump has agreed to sit down with uh, the uh, dictator of North Korea, I was about to call him the president, but then I thought, you know, words yeah, matter, yeah, right. and he's definitely not a president, yeah. although I don't know if Donald Trump is either, but that's another show. Um, but he's going to sit down with um, uh, the Kim Jong-un, and they're going to have a, 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 a meeting about um, who has the bigger ego, quote unquote, and, um, you know, it's sort of perplexing because part of the reason why Republicans always said that Obama was weak was that, you know, he would potentially sit down with world leaders um, without making them make concessions. Mm -hmm. And so there's sort of this weird thing where, like, Donald Trump said, like, well, oh, yeah, well, they say they're going to hold this moratorium on the weapons, but we don't actually know if they're going to do that. But yet he's agreeing to sit down with them nonetheless without demanding anything else. Um, and to me, that's sort of negotiating from a weak position, which is what they accused Obama of. So, right. you know, this, like, goes back to that double standard of I don't care. Just racism. Just go to war. Yeah, right. Negotiate, whatever. I don't <laughs> just... Yes. I just Fair can't enough. imagine any conversation that involves Donald Trump like going well. Like I can't imagine that he's not going to say something that's just so offensive and ridiculous that like flips them out. So I this makes me very no. Angry. He's like the dude that talks spicy on social media. Then he sees you in person and like he's like fixing your suit for you. <laughs> it's like well, when Mike Tyson and Lennox Lewis fought and Lennox Lewis beat the crap out of Mike Tyson and Mike Tyson was wiping his blood off of Lennox <laughs> Lewis. That's what it's going to be like. Right, right. Well, well, we'll see. You know, it reminds me of this video I saw on the internet yesterday, and it was like a guy hollering at this chick from across the street and she's like oh word you want to give me a ride and she gets in the car and as soon as she gets in the car with him she's like so take out your d and he's like excuse me what and she's like come on you were hollering at me come on let's see it take it out right. and he just like gets freaked out and she's like that's what i thought and she right. gets out of the car all bark no bite <laughs> right yeah. also never do that um <laughs> so moving forward a little bit so this week um florida uh, the Florida legislature passed gun, a gun control bill that was considered to be a victory for a lot of people. For some people, not so much, um, including the NRA. Um, and, you know, it, it was kind of surprising. It was a move in what many people consider to be the right direction. But let me know what you guys think about it. So this bill raises the minimum age to buy a fire uh, to buy a gun from. 18 to 21. It creates a waiting period for gun buyers so that they can't just buy a gun right away. Um, you know, they have to wait about three days to purchase a gun. It bans bump stocks, which were used in the Las Vegas shooting. Um, that kind of amp up the effectiveness, I guess, of these automatic weapons. Um, it also arms school employees, which is something that I particularly found problematic about about the you know proposals to uh, to this bill, so it allows guns to be carried in schools um, and it funds school security, um, and it also expands mental health services and regulations in the state of Florida. But it does not ban assault weapons. It doesn't suspend sales of AR-15s, which were the guns that the gun that was not only used in the school shooting um, in Florida recently, but also what was used in um, the Pulse nightclub in Orlando, Florida, and San Bernardino shooting, and the Las Vegas shooting, and, you know, in the Aurora, Colorado movie theater shooting. 
Um, it doesn't ban high capacity magazines. So does this bill go far enough? Like, is this a step in the right direction or, you know, is this just like a wash? Um, I mean, listen, any gun legislation is a step in the right direction as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, obviously, I don't think the bill goes far enough. Um, but, you know, if the uh, NRA is suing you, um, which they literally filed a lawsuit five minutes after this bill was signed into yeah, law, um, right. then it obviously... I'm, su- I'm surprised it took that long. Right. Then it final. obviously means that they're, you know, that this bill is doing something. Um, I mean, the, essentially, the NRA is making the argument that this bill is uh, unconstitutional because it discriminates based on age. Um, but age is subject to what we call rational basis testing, not strict scrutiny, which is a higher level of test in terms of determining whether or not something is or is not unconstitutional. Um, and so, you know, the NRA very well may lose that argument uh, in court. But getting aside from the court and legal aspect of it, um, yeah, I mean, I have mixed feelings about the bill. I think that the provisions about arming teachers are um, a little crazy, um, and I don't know whether or not those conflict. Uh, with the federal laws against um, gun free or federal laws that are about gun free school zones. Um, but, you know, even putting that aside, uh, it would be nice to see stricter laws, but it's nice to see that something yeah. is being done at the same time. I so. know. What do you what do you think, Stan? Listen, if my teachers had guns and I was in, in, in school, I would have got shot. Miss Reisman would have definitely pissed well, the whip. Yeah, that's the that's other part of it. But, but you raised a great point, Stanley, a few weeks back when we talked about gun control and the shooting um, on our show, which is that, you you know, by just simply arming teachers in schools, we're going to see a rise in gun violence because statistically, you know, if you're in proximity to a gun you're more likely to be shot by that gun if you own a gun you're more likely to die from from a bullet wound right and i think that you raise this point that disproportionately black and brown kids are going to be exposed to this kind of of absolutely danger so i sorry no please there was a teacher there's a teacher in florida right now who just got removed from the classroom because she was running a white supremacist podcast about genocide of other races right you want to give her a gun yeah are you kidding me (laughs) which she then claimed was satire by the way. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's her latest excuse. I don't trust white people around pellet guns, let alone yeah. real guns. Are you kidding me? And they're all in our schools. You can go to certain communities where it's majority black and brown people and it's nothing but white teachers. And they're scared to death of these of our students and our people. And, it and just, they're going to arm them. It just puts everybody, I think, at greater risk. Like I was listening to a story, I think, on NPR about a school in Texas where there was a call about students bringing guns into school. And the sheriff came in and confiscated the guns. And it took about five or ten minutes for him to realize that one of the guns was fake because it looked so real and he wanted to um he called his congress member and they tried to get legislation passed to ban these fake guns they were toy guns right but his concern was you know and this is from like a deep red uh deeply red county uh, where the congress member of this county had an A rating from the NRA. And his concern was if a kid had this gun, it's a fake gun, it's not even a real gun, um, and they were pointing it at someone, I would go into that school and probably shoot that student, right? Because I would want to disarm him. And it's not even a real gun. So they tried to get these fake guns banned in schools and the NRA shut it down completely and wouldn't even let that happen. Well, you know, and then there raises this other issue, which is like, how do the police know who the good guy with the gun is, right? This is is constantly oh, the easy. argument you the hear white. made, which is the good guy with the gun. Well, you know, 
not for nothing. What happens if there's a teacher that, um, you know, is very young who maybe could be like, for example, somebody like me, let's say I was a teacher and I could be mistaken for a student, presumably. And I'm one of the people that is now allowed to carry a gun under this law. You could definitely be mistaken as a student. Right. And now, so basically a school shooting happens. I pull out my legal (laughs) weapon because I'm the good guy with the gun and I start running up the hallway Mm -hmm. to try and go confront this student. And now the police run in and they say me with the gun. How do they know that I'm not the bad guy with the gun, because right? You're white. Um, well, no, but you know, it's not just about that. It's like now I'm running around in the school carrying a gun. How do the police know that I'm the good guy? What do I have to yell? Uh, I'm the good guy? And so, like, that is the flaw in this argument about the good guy with the gun, is when the police show up, they don't know who the good guy with the gun is and who the bad guy with the gun is in this last, you know, in this thing that's happening and unfolding so very quickly. And, like, besides being tongue-in-cheek, when police don't know who the good guy or the bad guy with the gun is, they usually aim for the black guy. That's true. So, I'm not really interested in that. And police, they hit their targets about 18% of the time. And they have training. So let's. Right. So what like what do we expect our teachers to do? Even teachers that are well trained and using firearms. I mean, I it's just a disaster. I cannot think of any good coming from this at all. Speaking of good comings, (laughs) Sex in the City. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the stars Uh, for Sex in the City, Cynthia Nixon, is apparently considering a run for governor in New York State. Yeah. How did this become a thing? Um, I mean, it's sort of been rumored about for a while, right? Like, she's yeah. been pretty politically active. I mean, she's she has she's you know a known activist in New York. Um, she is. And it's this has some this has been rumored. You know, this isn't brand new, but now um, I think the conversation is getting a little more serious about her potential run. So it's interesting. Yeah, she has been a very big education activist, and she's been super critical of Governor Cuomo and Governor Cuomo's inability or unwillingness to fully fund our public schools. Right now, New York State public, school, public schools are owed over $2 billion. You can go on our website right now and check your school district and find out how much your, your school is owed. And every time the, govern, the governor's questioned about it, he goes, yeah, yeah, we're going to do something. And then he tries to cut funding. And she's been very vocal about that. I just want to, we just got a really good comment about the last story that we, um, talked about about arming teachers in schools and i just want to read it sorry to go back to it but it is a really great comment from one of our listeners so uma mishra says i'm a teacher and a u.s army vet this is not okay to ask teachers and who will the guns be pointed at disproportionately black kids so i i really appreciate your comment uma and if anybody else has a comment um about what we're talking about please let us know call us you know, post on Facebook live where we'll read them on air. They're going to provide teachers guns, but they still gonna have to pay out of pocket for notebooks and pens and markers. Yeah, this is right. Right. Exactly. Right. Right. I mean, like, yeah, that's the other issue, which is like literally the West Virginia teachers just finished getting off strike um, because they were not being paid enough. Um, but yet apparently they have money for this. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, and, and <laughs> that sort of also fits in with the Cynthia Nixon thing, which is we can't even fund the schools in New York. Yeah. Let alone, you know, pay for guns to be given out to all the teachers. Although, new, to be fair, New York has not proposed anything no, like that. And I would be shocked if they, if they did. did. And New York actually has one of the strictest gun laws in the entire country. Yeah. So that's that's at least <laughs> something we, we, we're doing right in New York. Yeah. And, and that gun law has actually been upheld several times as not violating the Constitution. Right. But as we've talked about on this show, that even in states with the strictest gun laws, guns still get in because it's, you know, we are only as strong as our weakest link in this country when it comes to these kind of laws, right? And so if there are states with weak gun laws, there's going to be gun access everywhere, right? right. I mean, they don't call uh, I-95 the iron pipeline for no yeah, reason. Right. They call it that because guns come up and money goes down. 
Um, on that note, we are going to take a quick break. But yeah. when we come back, we will be talking about what went down this week in terms of uh, the Women's March, Louis Farrakhan, and uh, and more. So keep tuning in. Yep. My body shaped like genie, booty dreamy, waist is teeny. Yes, I told him to get. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's what? bad. <laughs> I just sharded my rarities. Cardi with the body and the hardy. Oh, God. Bow. You know, <laughs> Cardi is number one on that article I sent you about the, like the 25 artists to listen to to yeah. understand where music is going to go. Mm-hmm. And like the article that's written about her is like, unlike like Rachel Platten, who sings fight song, that's like sort Who's of Rachel like. Uh, she's the woman who wrote the song that was Hillary's theme like song. Like fight song? Fight song. Which, this is my fight song. Right, and like how that's very inclusive, like where Cardi's like, no, this is all about me. Yeah, and that song it. literally never you know. played in Harlem. <laughs> 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 that's all that. Well, speaking about inclusiveness. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, besides there being an entire different like music section for, for white folk that apparently I have not known about, um, we are here Good. to talk about something spicy. Spicy because, full disclosure, this is the homie, and I've been her a long way, so I'm biased, and I don't care if you don't like that. But spicy because a lot of people are pissed off after the fact. So here's what happened. Last week, it was revealed that the Women's March organizer and co-president, Tamika Mallory, was, a, was present at a speech that Louis Farrakhan gave before the Nation of Islam in February. And during that speech, Farrakhan, as he likes to do usually, made several anti-Semitic comments, including saying that the powerful Jews are, are my enemy. And according to CNN... The, the, excuse me, the, the Anti-Defamation League, also known as the Justice League of Racists, notes that Farrakhan <laughs> also argued that Jewish people control the media and use their influence to increase the number of gay and transgender individuals in the U.S. Jewish people have a lot of power, according to him. So, yeah, well. And Putin, apparently. Yeah. Yes, well, yeah. Oh my Putin, God. Putin said the Jews did the election nonsense. Oh, God. <laughs> Yesterday. He, he also yeah. said Jewish people control the government, even though an orange potato was our president, right. and claimed the FBI, under Jewish influence, pushed marijuana onto black men to feminize them. <laughs> what? <laughs> to feminize them, in addition to a number of other comments. So, because of those comments, people have been demanding that Tamika Mallory and the Women's March disavow Louis Farrakhan and said that she is a supporter of anti-Semitism and homophobia and transphobia and said that the Women's March is as well. And this kind of controversy has continued despite Tamika coming out several times, saying that she does not stand by these words and she should not be held accountable for Farrakhan's words. And the Women's March releasing a statement that you can find on our Twitter account now if you're looking for it. This has gone on even though Tamika has released a long-form piece explaining her relationship with the Nation of Islam, dating back to when someone very close to her was killed, and they stood by her and kind of helped her get through that process. It's still going on. So now, on this Sunday afternoon, or slash morning, I guess, we are having a conversation just, I guess, trying to unpack where we are in this space where this woman who's been in a movement is now facing backlash for behavior that some believe is not necessarily good for the movement. So before we really do anything, what I want to talk about is some of this criticism that we have seen. And also, I want to get everyone else's points of view on this story and what's happening in this movement moment as well. So, Jackie, you're nodding um, enthusiastically, so I'm going to go with you first. I mean, this was really hard for me this week. Um, And when we originally talked about doing this you know, hosting this topic, I was almost afraid to do it because it's very emotional for me. This is something that like has really like I'm, I get emotional about it. Um, I'm a Jew. I am a, you know, staunch leftist progressive. Right. I um, Tamika Mallory is someone who I really admire and look up to um, and appreciate her work. Louis Farrakhan is an anti-Semite. And the things that he has said about Jewish people are to me, 
unforgivable and you know he's called judaism a dirty religion right he the things that he said and and the things that he said about gay and trans people as well to me are unforgivable um do i think that tamika mallory is like a vicious anti-semite who hates jews and gay people and trans people of course not of course not um it was it was um, sort of a letdown to to see her there for me, but I also understand, and we'll we'll talk about this a little bit more. Like, as a Jew and growing up in my life, I have been a part of institutions that I am now seeking to distance myself from. Um, but they were institutions that were there for me, you know, like youth groups that supported the occupation in Palestine, right? Like groups that sort of had had my back and had progressive values to a certain point, and then they really didn't. And it's taken a lot of work for me to distance myself from that. And so I should be able to, you know, I feel like this is, this is complicated because I, you know, I, I believe in Tamika Mallory and I think that she's a staunch advocate for change. And um, I appreciate her on the forefront of these issues. And I, I also want to, you know, encourage her to hold leaders like Louis Farrakhan accountable. Guys, if you have questions, comments, or even curse words, no curse words. No curse words. No curse words. Six five zero six nine zero three. Again, that is two one two six five zero six nine zero three. And we'll also make sure we get the comments on Facebook Live. Wh- but first, Alyssa. Well, which I was going to say, if you want to curse, put it in your comment on Facebook Live. This way, we can opt to read your comment minus the curse word. Yeah. Um, anyways, yeah. I mean, I, I I sort of come out in a similar place to Jackie, but I you know I don't want to repeat exactly what she said. Um, so when I first heard what was going on, I I too was disappointed. Pointed. Um, at the same time, I realize that sometimes different associations in terms of fighting against oppression, um, sometimes there are conflicts. And I don't just mean conflicts like, well, you know, Farrakhan is an anti-Semite. He is a, a, an awful anti-Semite um, and very much a homophobe and has said very problematic things uh, for a very long time about Jews, trans people and gay people. Um, but at the same time, I also recognize, as Jackie pointed out, and, you know, Stanley sort of touched upon that when Tamika was going through this very, very tough time in her life when her brother was murdered, the Nation of Islam, and which is Louis Farrakhan's group, was there for her. And so I could understand, uh, um, you know, why she was there. Um, you know, and I also understand, and, and sort of actually, I mentioned this to Jackie when we were on the phone on Thursday night, which is I made a comment once to another friend of mine who was also Jewish about how I understand why black people support Louis Farrakhan because he has done good things for black people in the movement for social justice. And so that brings me back to sort of you know, and, and clearly I do not support Louis Farrakhan as a Jew and a queer. Um, but that sort of brings me back to the point where sometimes there are people within mo- mo- movements that do very, very good things for uh, certain parts of the social justice movement, um, but they don't seem to realize or they don't seem to care that all forms of oppression are connected. And I think that is where we need to be the most vocal and say, OK, you know, that's fine. If, if Tamika, if you went to that thing and you sat through that lecture, um, you know, we understand. But Make a very strong statement about how, you know, you disagree with Mr. Farrakhan when it comes to these issues and you recognize that all oppression is connected and that you want to fight for, uh, you know, social justice across all you know, spectrums and that you recognize that fighting against anti-Semitism has to do with that. Um, but also Jews realize that fighting against oppression in Israel has to do with that, too. 
I'm going to jump in for a second and say I have no sorts of issues with Tamika um, going to Nation of Islam event. Um, speaking there, sitting there, shaking hands, kissing babies, whatever she did. I'm not 100% sure because I wasn't there. Uh, don't care. Um, Nation of Islam is a creation of white supremacy and trash white people. There would be no Louis Farrakhan. There was no slavery. There was no Jim Crow. There was no racism. So if you have a problem with Louis Farrakhan, take a look in the mirror, white people. Um, as far as my Jewish brothers and sisters and sisters and brothers, like I don't want, I don't agree with anything that he says, obviously. But just like Jackie was saying, with like she's had affiliation with organizations that were there for her, and then like coming to find out they're trash, that takes some unpacking. And as it stands, you know, when when everyone are when everyone's ignoring black people and black issues and black poverty and black struggle and black violence, you know who's not the Nation of Islam. You know, when I come out my train station, we had a brother who used to have a show here who came on at one o'clock. He's there handing out newspapers. They're covering black issues. They're the ones that are there when people are harassing or threatening um, members of the Women's March from like from the NRA and the NRA is telling their members to go after Tamika and other people. You know who's having their back? People like the guys from the Nation of Islam. Mm -hmm. So you want to throw this criticism out there, but you won't even speak up when you have white supremacists in the White House and white supremacists in the streets who have the ear of the president and white supremacist policies. And I just find it very hard to get fired up over this when I have I have people getting shot in the streets right now and you and I'm being told that well that person was a thug or that black people deserve to be poor or that we're savages and, and that's why we are the way that we are. Right. I mean, I understand that, but you, I think the part of it, and this is where like sort of, it, you know, different movements sort of conflict in some ways and not in a way that they're like butting heads, but but, you know, it was rhetoric and language like this towards the Jews, which is what basically, you know, created the situation that allowed Hitler to rise to power and mm -hmm. to um, kill uh, through a genocide six million Jews in concentration camps. And that was not that long ago. Um, you know, in fact, that was going on basically around the same time that Jim Crow was going on. Well, and so that's why, you know, we have to figure out a way in which these two things can can work together. Um, because, uh, you know, from a perspective of a Jewish person, yes, I care very, very much about black people being shot in the street. But I also want, uh, you know, people to recognize whether that's white people that are, you know, horrible, awful white supremacists, which I know I'm never going to reach, or people within my own movement to recognize that language like this towards Jews also has the effect of putting Jews in a position where they could be killed. I mean, anti-Semitic incidents are on the rise right now. We've had more anti-Semitic and hate crimes towards Jews in this country over the past year than we've ever seen, like, in the past 30 years. Black so, people have been getting slaughtered in the streets every day. Right. It's a not a competition. No, 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 that's no, no. the point. I'm, I'm not trying to compete with you, but the point that I'm trying to make, and this is not just you know, towards our Jewish sisters and brothers, but also our LGBTQ people as well, is I'm with you. But that some of the arguments here, and I don't, I don't think you guys are making these arguments, but some of the arguments from other people are falling very flat to my ears because someone is getting shot right now by a cop and, and people are going to just turn around and keep on living their lives. And someone is saying some racist crap right now and it's still going to be employed. We just talked about a teacher who has an, a racist podcast. She didn't even lose her job. She's getting paid. They took her out of the classroom. And no one holds these people accountable. But now the world wants to destroy Tamika Mallory. And that is my problem. Go ahead, Jackie. But so, like, you know, when we talk about intersectionality as well, what about black Jews, right? There are many Jews who are not white. Like um <laughs> like you, right? Um, no, but there are many, many Jews who are not white. There are many Jews who are black. And, you know, what, what about them? I think that there is this um, sort of, like, Ashka normative. That's a word that right. I, I really like. Um, Ashka what? Ash, like <laughs> Ashkenazi. Yeah. Ashka normative, like way that we talk about Jews. Um, 
and um you know not all jews are white in fact many are black and so where do they stand in this right like you have a a black leader who's speaking ill of them and you know i think that we like this really speaks to intersectionality on a broader level which is that we're not just siloed off into these categories and yet we have to seek justice and liberation together in fact there are many of us who fall into many of these categories Alyssa, you are a queer person who is jewish right there are black queer Jews, there are, you know, like there, like there are many people that fall into and overlap into many of these communities. And I think that speaks to why intersectionality is so important in our movements, because there aren't just cookie cutter black people and Jewish people and gay people and trans people. There's, you know, a blend. And so when you cut one of those groups out, you're not seeking liberation for all people. Right. And so, you know, in to speak about black queer Jews, like where do they stand? And, you know, what what would you say, like, you know, how would you interpret Louis Farrakhan's comments if you were them? So I'm problematic and I would fight him back on those comments. I'm, I'm with you on that one. What I'm saying is, like, I don't like the, the witch hunt for Tamika. I, I totally agree. And yeah. I, but, but something that I think not I don't want to say but because I agree, period. Yeah, I think that it is our responsibility as progressives, as people fighting for justice, I mean, all three of us are really involved in our communities and social movements and fighting for change. It is up to us to hold our leaders of our communities accountable, right? That's something that we need to do. I mean, something like Alyssa mentioned, if not now, which is a community of Jews fighting Mm -hmm. to end American support of the occupation of Palestine, right? That's a group that I'm very involved with. And um, something that we do is we connect to our leaders of our Jewish institutions to say, what are you doing? to end support of the occupation you know they encourage people to reach out to their rabbis reach out to their jewish community leaders to challenge them and say you know we are part of your community and we don't think what you're doing is acceptable Mm -hmm. and it's coming from a place of love and respect and you know respect for tradition but also in a way that says you know the status quo isn't okay anymore and we need to challenge these assumptions about our beliefs right and i think that is something that we can all do a better job of in holding our own leaders accountable that's a very good point, Jackie. You know, it's something that I've never been faced with having to do. Um, we do have to go on a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about that some more. Yeah. And I also want to get to a very good comment. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz. I'm here with Alyssa Fuchs and, of course, Jackie Cohen. Selena is on workation at Disneyland. In Disney World, right. Living it up. Oh, sorry, World. world. Yeah, Disney World. Not even Disneyland. We do have a couple of comments on Facebook Live I want to get to. Jackie, can you read the first one? Yeah, we have some really great comments. Um, So we have a comment from Uma Mishra who says, What you all are doing, having this conversation with respect and love for each other, is what needs to happen all the time. And I really appreciate that comment Uma because that is what we seek to do on the show I mean we all four of us really love and respect one another and so when we you know when we chose this topic to discuss this week in particular I think we decided that it was the right thing to do because we knew we could have a conversation based in love and respect for one another where we could really listen to one another's feelings and while we don't necessarily all agree a hundred percent on this you know we're we want to be able to hear from one another and and grow and change in that way so I really appreciate that and also I'm learning something too because because Jackie's last statement before we went on break was really an aha moment for me. So thank you, Jackie. Yeah, thank you, Sam. Um, I, we do want to get another comment from um, Kendea. Um, Alyssa, can you read that comment? Uh, hold on, hold okay, on. Okay, I'll, I'll get to it. You can read the bullet points. So Kendea quoted Son of Baldwin, and Son of Baldwin from Twitter goes, what makes me very sad about this are the people who are to- who are taking a I'm not going to dis- denounce stance because anti-Semitism doesn't personally affect them. 
Those are the people that's disappointing him. And he says, if Farrakhan was saying something about an identity that directly affected these folks, then it would be a different story. Yeah. Right. And, and she goes on. Um, and I'm, this is a very long quote. So if you're interested in it, you should definitely check it out on our Facebook page because it's really, really good. I'll pin but it. Um, not all Jews are white. Most Jews are non-white. And actually, I'll add to that. Historically, Jews were not considered to be white. Not all Jews are rich. Most Jews in the United States and around the world are working class poor. Um, the Jews who have problematic relationships with black people in places like New York City are a small group of people who are also have problematic relationships with other Jews. Zionism yeah. does not. That's true. Zionism does not equal Judaism and Judaism does not equal Zionism. We shouldn't conflate them. Many Zionists aren't even Jewish. Some are Christians. And I'll end with the views and actions of the Israeli government do not necessarily reflect those of the Israeli people or Jews around the world. Um, All of those things are true and they are relevant in this Mm. conversation. Before before we go there, please, because we really have been having this conversation about black people and Jewish people, which is important, but we really need to make sure we're like propping up our LGBTQ family who were also attacked in this and transgender people are already under under attack like crazy and we should not we should not silence that part of the conversation go ahead jackie um so that point about um you know zionists not all being jewish i think is a really important one in discussing how jews can do a better job of calling out their own problematic leaders in our in our world right um because there are many people that believe like steve bannon for example is a zionist steve bannon who is a known anti-semite uh, was invited to speak at the zionist organization of america's annual gala i think two years in a row i'm not completely sure um so there are people i mean these are obviously jews that are more on the right right like jdl and republican jews who have have invited in known anti-semites who have um, very pro-Israel, very, you know, Zionist stances to speak for them. And so as Jews, you know, we and and this is what I want to when we talk about Tamika more, you know, it's I, I think it's OK for people to call out their leaders. But we need to be just as insightful at looking at our own leadership and the people that represent us in our own communities. And are we calling them out equally? You know, if you, if the answer is no, maybe you need to take a, a step back and look inward. Right. I mean, look, even in the own even in as I mentioned this before, in the if not now statement that you sent me where they basically, you know, they they start out by acknowledging and they say that, um, you know, they acknowledge that Louis Farrakhan is an anti-Semite, a Semite, a homophobe, a trans- Food. And, you know, they say it's painful and confusing to see Women's March in breeder, uh, leaders embracing Farrakhan. However, they say that they understand um, that there is a shared commitment. And I'm just like paraphrasing. And then they go on to talk about that the problematic responses of Jewish groups on the right. And of course, they start getting comments from people, presumably Jewish people, who say, you know, so basically what you're saying is don't make such a big deal about anti-Semitism on the left until we deal with it on the right. And I don't think that's the right place to be approaching this. I think what you said earlier is the most important place to approach this, which is, you know, you need to be calling out both people within your own group, especially if you're going to call out somebody else that is outside of your group. Um, Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, you know, everybody has the right to talk and to say whatever it is that they want. Um, You know, nobody is saying, like, you don't have a right to speak. Everybody has a right to speak. We hate this idea that, like, oh, you don't have a right to speak about this topic. But, like, at the same time, it's hypocritical to call somebody else out from another group unless you're first going to confront people within your own group. So I think that's a really important point, um, which is, you know, yes, we can say that you're disappointed in somebody else, 
Um, but you also have to say that you're disappointed in people within your own group. And and actually, speaking on that topic, you know, this issue of Judaism isn't the only problem. You want to talk about intersectionality. There were women at the Women's March that were holding signs that said that trans women were not allowed at the yeah, Women's right, March because right. they were not born as women. There has been gay men who have attacked uh, trans people um, and not and also gay women because they don't think that trans people should be included in the conversation about LGBT rights. You have Jews that attack other Jews because we stand up and we say we don't think what the Israeli government is doing is right and we are against occupation Mm -hmm. and we are against oppression. Um, So all the time you are seeing groups that literally have problems within their own group that do not confront the problems with the own group before they call out other people. And that is something that we need to address in order to move forward and to recognize that we need to work together if we want to make intersect if we if we understand that intersectionality involves everybody and is a you know a struggle that contains everybody. Oh, listen, that was such a mic drop. I don't have anything else to say, but maybe we should just do closing statements. So, guys, we we are running out of time. I want to give each of you a moment to give some final thoughts on this process and just what are the next steps for you. You know, after, after this big snafu, I, I don't mean to use like minimizing words. I just had a brain freeze. But go ahead. <laughs> That's OK. Um, I, I'm really happy that we had this conversation because I don't know that a lot of groups like ours are doing that. Right. Where we're able to come at this and, and not completely agree with one another, but try to hear each other out and learn and grow from one another. And I, I think that's really important. I think that we're all there's no perfect leader. There's no like Messiah leading us to liberation. Right. Like we have to do the work and we're not all perfect. And so I think that if if people in our movements uh, are willing to learn and grow and apologize. We need to practice forgiveness, right? You, if you err once, that doesn't mean you're out, that you are worth nothing, that all your tremendous work that you have done already is useless. I think that the act of forgiveness, it's something that Jews really teach, right? And it's, um, it's important in our own religion. Um, I think it's something that we have to practice, especially on the left, right? To know, to be able to acknowledge our mistakes and learn and grow from them and to seek forgiveness and to be able to give that that forgiveness, right? But I think ultimately what's most important is to hold our leaders accountable. That, you know, just because the good maybe outweighs the bad doesn't mean that the bad is acceptable. And I think Alyssa raised a fantastic point that in our own marginalized communities and in our own, you know, subgroups, there are these problems, right? Where Jews aren't getting along with Jews, where, the, you know, this LGBTQ label, IA label, right, is very broad. And so there are major issues and struggles within that, right? And so if we can hold our own leaders accountable, um, you know, we're the ones that have that responsibility to do that. Absolutely. I, I mean, listen, I, I think the, the, the there's three parts of this for me, which is number one, we have to recognize that the politics of intersectionality are messy. Um, And sometimes there's going to be disagreements and there's going to be places where people don't necessarily see to eye to eye. Um, But I think that brings me into point two, which is we need to learn to listen to each other Mm -hmm. uh, and to communicate with each other and to have conversations like this with people that we, you know, whether we know them or don't know them, um, but to do so from a place of respect um, and to not be so quick to cut somebody off, to listen to what they have to say and then respond to it and explain ourselves and continue to work towards a place uh, where we can work together. And I think the third and most important thing to me is that we have to recognize that we are more similar than we are different. Um, While, for the most part, white Jewish people have occupied a huge place of privilege, um, you know, Jewish people and 
black people in particular, have come from historical backgrounds where they have had not the same but similar struggles. Um, Historically, Jewish people were slaves. More recently, black people were slaves. Historically, Jewish people were persecuted. Um, Historically and even more recently, black people were persecuted. Historically and more recently in terms of the Holocaust, Jewish people were subjected to a genocide uh, that was based on false information that was perpetuated by people uh, who thought that they wanted to create a master race. Um, In historically and in now today, we see myths constantly being put forth about people of color um, by people who want to create a situation where white supremacy rules. So I think not only do we have to listen to each other and continue to have the conversations, we have to recognize um, that even though there are many different differences and many ways in which white Jewish people have privilege, um, that the struggles are so connected and so interconnected um, that we should be working together to get to the place where we want to be instead of constantly fighting each other um, because we're never going to get there that way. Thank you, Alyssa. So, um, I want to do something a little bit special. I'm going to talk some, and then I'm going to close it out with something very specific. Uh, I want to first say that this was a conversation that I needed as well. Tamika Mallory is someone is a friend of mine, someone who means a lot to me, and someone who I'm very protective of because I get to see firsthand a lot of the BS that she and others in the movement get from bad actors and trash people. Um, but you know what? And Jackie's comment is really sticking to me because as, as people of color, particularly as black people, we spend most of our time as being the oppressed. And you don't have a lot of time to really think about your people as the oppressors and how to deal with that. Because usually you're just trying to get white folks to talk to their trash uncles and aunties. So more than anything, I think that like we should acknowledge the fact that A, Tamika apologize, but B, she is taking steps to learn and be better as an ally. And I think that we all need to remember that no one is perfect in this movement, including ourselves, and we need to be taking steps to be talking to our loved ones, to our friends and our family who are problematic. As a man, I should be talking to other men about being problematic because there will always be a Farrakhan. There will always be someone who is spewing hatred and that we will have to explain for. And what we can't do is fall into these competitional spaces where we're like, well, you know, this person did that, so I don't have to do this. That doesn't matter. Um, at the end of it, we are all living in a system in which the goal is to make money and the way that they have driven this goal is by using the bodies of black and brown people of underrepresented people of women of ostracizing people and while we're all fighting and debating over this there is someone out there who just made another million a billion dollars you know why because we are not fighting so the biggest takeaway I got from this is that like in this movement for liberation that we are all in, it is important that we work and build and fight together and do not let this institution of racism, of capitalism, of sexism, of anti-Semitism distract us from the main prize, which is liberation. And with that being said, I want to really close this, this show off with um, Jesse Jackson's Rainbow Coalition speech that he gave, which, in my opinion, is one of the greatest speeches of all times. So um, just really quickly, guys, just like let folks know how they can listen to the show after we've gone off air so I can get this clip ready. Yep, definitely. So thank you guys all for listening. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Let Your Voice Be Heard, where we broadcast live every Sunday. You can also find us on Twitter at BeHeard underscore radio. Of course, if you love today's show or any of our previous shows and you want to support us, you can donate money to us through Patreon. You can support us in that way. Um, we are we, we podcast our show. You can follow Find our podcast uh, that we release each week of the show um, on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, all the places that you find your podcast. So definitely subscribe there. You know, check us out. 
Pen. Leave us comments. You know, leave us comments on the show on the on the Facebook video after the show because we we can definitely respond to them throughout the week. We'd right, be happy because to do it. this is a conversation that you should continue to have. So even once we end right now, uh, keep that conversation going. You're free to use our live stream to do so. Um, and on that note, I think we are going to cut to Jesse Jackson's Rainbow Coalition speech. <laughs> 